Welcome to the California Wireless Association podcast. We are proud to say that Kawa has been advancing the wireless industry, helping businesses grow, fostering connections between people, and impacting lives through the charities we support for over 10 years. We'll be coming to you bi-weekly with new topics, education, and lively discussions. Let's dive right into today's topic. Please welcome your host, John Coos. Hi, this is John Coos. Welcome to another episode of the California Wireless Association podcast. It's episode 16, and in fact... Hey, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, John, I know you're calm and mild, and you do a great job introducing the pod, and thanks for starting, but I, I have to let the audience know that this is a special edition of the podcast, and I'm spoiling it for folks, or maybe not, because this is Rodrigo De La Rosa, Vice President of Calwa, and Senior Manager of Citing Advocacy at T-Mobile, and for this special John Cast episode, we're going to switch places with one another and get to know you, you know, over the, the 20 years that I've known you. So thanks for agree, agreeing to switch chairs. Did I agree? I, I feel like you're hijacking this. <laughs> well, I'm fired up, man. Are you fired up, John? I'm fired up. Well, with your excitement, I'm getting fired up. <laughs> well, so this is my first time. You're old hat at this. So so I'm hoping I'm doing, you know, you justice on the John cast. And, and just a play on words, just so folks know, I was episode five. And I, I gleefully, after we recorded it, saw that John titled it Rodcast. So I'm doing <laughs> the, 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 the solid by calling this the Johncast. But what I will say in starting, John, you know, us being in a virtual environment, you know, we do all our meetings now virtually. We do those podcasts virtually. And I think it's important for people to know, our listeners to know, what to expect on today's Johncast. I think by giving them a taste of what's to come, we'll keep them engaged and wanting to hear more. So... During the John cast, we're going to hear about John's background, his wireless origin story, John before and after Wayland Company, which is near and dear to my heart, and some other interesting things about John you may or may not know. What do you think about that, John? You're the boss. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, I'm, I'm fired up. So, in addition to hosting Cowboys Podcast, which was actually John's idea, uh, John is a Calwa board member and senior vice president at Butler, Tele uh, Butler American Telecom. But before we get into that, let's take a moment to give our listeners a little background on you. So you and I have been in telecom for over 20 years. Uh, like myself, your introduction into the industry, and we'll talk about that word industry later too, uh, was at Wayland Company. Prior to joining Wayland, you graduated from Cal Poly Pomona with a Bachelor of Science degree in city and regional planning. And so what I do know is after your experience at Wayland, you formed your own successful site acquisition company called Core and sold it to Butler, America Telecom. And we'll talk about that a part of your life as well. Um, I'm always fascinated by people, uh, not just your wireless origin story, but your entrepreneur story too. So we'll mm. talk about that. But let's start this conversation with Polly, something you near and dear to our hearts. Uh, you graduated from Cal Poly Pomona 95, me from San Luis. So like... Polly, why why Cal Poly? Why city planning? And what did you find now, uh, if you look back at your decision to go to Poly, uh, has it helped you in your role throughout the years? Yeah, sure, no problem. It's, it's, it's kind of a funny story. I almost kind of got into that program in, on accident. So set the stage here. It was, I guess it would have been 92. I was kind of... Um, 
finishing up uh, community college and I was literally in a class um, going over the CSU application. And I was, I was I was kind of inclined towards political science, to be honest with you. But then I looked at the matrix of the majors and the the CSUs, the campuses, and I, I just saw that urban and regional planning or city and regional planning was at two or three schools, you know, the two Cal Polys being two of them. And I said, urban planning. Oh, and this sounds kind of silly, but it's totally true. I had played the first generation of Sim City on the Macintosh way back in 90. And I go, I, I was kind of like the whole zoning thing. And it was just that moment where I said, I'm going to check this box and send it into Cal Poly. <laughs> and the rest is history. And I got, I got accepted. And yeah, that's how I got into urban planning. <laughs> so so with that being said, so I, I will share quickly. It's about John, but I sometimes in the treehouse where I'm you know, doing the pod from, I have my Cal Poly uh, banner, my pendant that's flying in the background. And sometimes I'll get on a call with a city or a jurisdiction and they say, Polly, when did you go to Polly? Which one? And we have this, this banter back and forth and it immediately breaks the ice, you know, when we start having the conversation because we have the shared experience. Has, has that ever happened to you, John, where you have this birds of a feather kind of conversation with, with people that went to that great school? Yeah, it's especially when I used to, do a ton of zoning applications myself. It was, I was always trying to find a connection with the city planners and break the ice somehow. And I don't know, maybe more than half the time in the LA region, I would run into a Cal Poly grad. It was either because it was really the only undergrad program of planning, you know, UCLA and USC and UCI all have master's programs, but, um, so there was a good chance that somebody would be from Cal Poly. And so it was a way to connect and talk about teachers and then you yeah. kind of humanize the relationship at the counter, you know? Right. No, 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 I, I do know. And so, yeah, we, so those that are poly grads, you, you know what we're talking about. Um, so I'm going to switch gears a little bit and go on to the wireless origin story. This is something, John, you started during the first pod and you, 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 you segue into, okay, guys, this is your background. You know, you went to school, you know, poly or otherwise. So how did you start, you know, uh, in the wireless, uh, in the wireless biz after poly, uh, you talked about, you know, graduated in 95 and I know you came to Wayland in 99 where you and I met. So a couple of questions in those years between, you know, graduation and starting with Wayland, uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Talk about how you found Wayland. And then talk about your experience there. How did you? How did it influence your career? Uh, did you have any mentors there? Uh, and and so that sort of sort of dialogue. Okay. Well, yeah, I graduated in '95, and I and I pretty much figured I was on some sort of city planner type track. And um, if I recall, there was an early '90s recession that we were coming out of, and the uh, and the lag of after a recession, sometimes the cities take a couple years to start staffing back up. So uh, those who were graduating, it was really impacted. Any jobs that were opening were very uh, competitive. And I remember being really depressed after going to the city of Azusa thinking, I, I'm not sure if I thought I had an interview or not, but I showed up and there was a test for 50 other planners in a room. And I go, oh my God, I'm not going to get this job. And, and I didn't, but I got, I got lucky. One of my professors who actually was my senior project advisor she uh, had a relationship with somebody at SCAG, 
the Southern California Association of Governments, which is a regional agency, um, we can go into transportation planning, long range planning stuff. And I got an internship there and I, I guess I did something right. And they, after being an intern, they made me an assistant planner and I was working on the 1998 regional transportation plan and all that. And SCAG was really interesting because, you know, for their scope being, you know, six counties in Southern California um, and long range plans, it wasn't a very large department of planning. It might've been 20 people. And I got exposed to a lot of things at the regional level, like working with the LA County MTA or the Orange County Transportation Authority and people that were like higher level. And I was even like, running a, a technical advisory committee that had like super experienced people from Caltrans and whatnot. So it was really exciting time. And, and in, in midst of that, because I was exposed at such a young age, I was presenting to the executive committee of the regional council, which is made up of county um, supervisors, as well as city, city council members. I started developing a kind of a relationship with some of the local uh, city council members from Orange County in particular, and I kind of got charged up on service. And then at the time I was living in Anaheim and I, you know, I don't know what they were thinking, but the Anaheim city council, I guess maybe the ninth largest city in the state. Everybody knows about it, the Angels, Disneyland, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they appointed me to the planning commission <laughs> when I was 28. Wow. But, and so, I mean, I can go on and about that great experience because it was a great experience. But um, And then shortly thereafter, and I, by the time I got recruited to go to Wayland by our mutual friend, Patty Mejia, in 99, she had known that I had um, been, you know, had had been on a planning commission where I saw wireless cases coming before me. And I remember the phone call where she said something like, you can do this. It's just the other side of the dais. And um, I applied and I, I got the job in Torrance back in 99 with all our mutual friends, you know, going back all those years. And that's how I got into wireless. It was thanks to Patty yeah. who had been, who had been recruited out of a job fair. I think that, that at Cal Poly four years earlier where um, Wayland had set up a table or something like that. Yeah. Well, John, before we talk to some Wayland, I'm curious though, what, what do you think your life would have been if you would have stayed on the public side, on the other side of the dais, as you put it, have you, did you ever have thoughts of maybe, you know, kind of going that route, maybe becoming mayor of Anaheim, you know? <laughs> well, that's two separate things. But um, when it comes to the public employment thing, I have great respect for um, public employment, uh, people in uh, government positions and stuff. I think by the time I, I got the call from Patty, I, I had been frustrated a little bit with some aspects of bureaucracy and vis-a-vis and -vis who I am and whatnot, and I'm not disparaging anybody who's had a lifelong career huh. in government service, but I think I kind of realized that I needed a change, and and it, boy, what a change it was. You know, you kind of go from 20-year long, long-range planning stuff to working on, you know, 70 projects a year, like, you know, uh, discrete, you know, cell site type stuff. And it was always fast moving. So uh, I don't know what my life would have been like. I probably just wouldn't, I would have probably been too restless. I'm not patient enough in government. 
to yeah. stay on that path, to be honest with you. As as with respect to the parallel thing going on at the same time, which was, you know, being involved, I actually, that could be a whole other conversation, but I mm-hmm. actually ended up running for Anaheim City Council at the ripe old age of 32. I lost, but, you know, I placed well enough and people thought I might run again in 04 because they had a couple vacancies coming up because of term limits. But by that point, my wife convinced me to um, my you know, I had gotten married around that time, um, moved to Brea. And so I left my Anaheim stuff behind. Yeah. Well, that was an early time, right? Because yeah. in the early 90s, we were just sort of starting families, you know, figuring it out. And, you know, so there's a lot at your, you know, disposal, if you will. And what I do have appreciation for that people that have a, have a leg or a foot in the public sector and in the private sector and can possibly go back and forth, you chose to stay in the private sector. So let's talk about some whale. And I, during the podcast, when we talked about it during my, when we were a role reversal, I talked about a great place to work is when your personal values match your company's values. And in addition to meeting some great people, you mentioned Patty, I still keep in touch with them today. You know, I learned so much about myself and the kind of leader I wanted to be from the company CEO, Michael Bush, who continues to be my mentor. But I was wondering, what was your experience at Wayland during those six years you were there? Some fond memories and maybe some not so fond memories of, of taking that path. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think I was two different people in that time frame. In the in, in, and I'll be, I'll, I'll try to explain what I mean. In the early part of um, maybe the first two or three years, I was definitely um, capable, and uh, I kind of had this credo, which is kind of kind of silly to say now, but it's kind of paraphrases Ted Williams, you know, the great Boston Red Sox, so that, where I said to myself, you know, I wanted to be the best. I, I, I kind of said like. Uh, I want people to go when I walk down the street to go, there goes John Coos, the greatest zoning manager that ever lived kind of a thing. And I, and I, and I was really good at it. I mean, I try, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be cocky about it, but at the same time, I was not always the, in the early days, a, a, a team player. And there were some things going on in my personal life at the time. And, you know, since you were so um, honest about your um, early years, I'll, I'll just say that, you know, my mother died in um, two. 2000 and 2000 and I was going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of a, um, a bit of a ball of, of nerves and things like that. But, you know, um, our friends, you know, Paul and Andres and Patty and stuff, they, they were very patient with me when it came to sort of the, my deficiencies and towards the second part of my career of at Wayland, where I became a manager on a big, the big Nextel project. And I was leading like 25 people. Um, in fact, very few people know this. I, I left wireless for a total of four days um, in, uh, in nine, what was that? 2003, I think it was, I went to Kaufman and Broad um, mm-hmm. to, to do some housing stuff, but I immediately missed Wayland and I called, Paul and I said, "Can I come back? Please, can I come back?" And he literally, like, I think he, I think my wife had dropped me off at work at, because my car was broken. And I think Paul and Andres actually picked me up on my last day and took me home. It was only four days, but um, it, it, anyway. So, and that was show, that showed graciousness on Paul's part and invested in me um, towards that second three years at Wayland. Yeah, you know, you know, John. So for the folks that don't know Paul and Patty and others, these are folks that started out early. Uh, in the industry that we knew, and Paul remains a good friend to to John and I. And what I would say for folks that are listening, something another adage that I'll add is that you can't make old friends. 
You can't make mm. old friends. Folks that you've mm. known a long time ago, you're not going to make them to, uh, yesterday. You'll make friends, but you can't make old friends. And, and those are the ones that are there when you're up and when you're down. And certainly, you know, you sound like you were you needed some help, you know, during those four days. And I'll be vulnerable, too. You know, I, I share with people, um, you know, I went through a divorce myself. And this isn't, you know, to talk about, you know, personal stuff, but how it applies to what we're talking about, because you don't know what other people have gone through in their lives and at different parts of their career. And I was actually offered a position, a higher position after I left Waylon, um, and I didn't take it. And I didn't take it because, or I, or I declined it because of what I was going through in my life during the time. And actually the guy, he said, no, Rod, you're going to take it. Cause I, cause I revealed to him that I was going through some stuff. He's like, I've been through that some through that stuff too. You'll get through it. So I'm glad I listened to him or else my life would have taken a different trajectory, but it's okay, you know, because, you know, we, we all, we're all going through this crazy thing. So I appreciate you being vulnerable when you are vulnerable. I think others are vulnerable too. So anyway, so, you know, kind of talking about the touchy feely, which is for people that know me, I do uh, do that quite a bit. I kind of go uh, there and, and I will say to you, John, you know, that the work is the work. It always has been that way for me. Uh, but what makes a great place is who you work with. And we talked about a couple of people that, you know, we worked with in the past that we still remain friends with. And, you know, I've always been impressed by those who get out of their comfort zone and do something different. So with that segue, tell our listeners about the transition from vendor, Waylon and Company, to owner, Core. What was that like? You know, what did you know what you were going to do starting that company? Did you know that you were going to end up selling it at the end? What, what was the end game? What was going through your mind, um, you know, during that time? Oh, wow. It was 14 years of my life. Um, it started off kind of um, interesting. So after that Nextel project ended with Tetra Tech, I actually went in-house to Nextel along with a few others of us on the Tetra Tech team as in-house contractors, I guess I was the summer of uh, 05. And then the merger was happening with Sprint and I kind of felt like this isn't going to last long or something. And I just had this sense. And then lo and behold, um, come, I guess, I guess it was like October or so of 05, um, an old, another old Wayland person. And I got to give him credit. If it wasn't for him, he probably, I probably wouldn't have started core with Arnold Valencia, who I started it with is another Whalen legend of sorts, a guy named John Beakey. <laughs> he was at Metro PCS at the, at the, in the LA market at the very beginning. And he called me and said, they need vendors. Uh, he might've even said like, why don't you guys just set out a, put out a shingle and declare you guys. And then, and then, yeah. And then I just, I went to a couple different PMs, one that had like control over the site, distribution for like Orange County and the San Gabriel Valley and stuff. And all, all of a sudden, Arnold and I had 100 site search rings, which just between the two of us and through, I don't know, Band-Aids and plastic, you know, whatever, paper paper clips, we, 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 we managed to get this thing rolling. We, we didn't really have a game plan. We, I, I got a planning degree and I didn't know anything about business and we were kind of learning as we went frankly that's how it kind of started and we were the only i think we were the only vendor that worked for metro until t-mobile bought them which was about a six-year run i mean i mean not, not the only one but the only one that was there at the beginning and the end yeah yeah, yeah. So, so it all it all turned out well right i mean because it's it's you know your vp at, at at butler america 
but you know, I'm looking at the time, and I and I kind of tease the uh, the audience in the beginning, and I, I said we we're going to go through some things, you know, Waylon, your origin story, but I also teased folks to say we're going to know a little bit more about John that we may not know, right? So to go full circle, uh, this podcast was your brainchild was a great idea. You know, this is the 16th episode, and you were the final one of 2002 of 2021 <laughs> of this year because we're going to go into the holidays here in a little bit. So. <laughs> this is probably I'm probably getting in trouble for asking this, so I'll just say, which was your favorite episode? I know what mine is, uh, and, it's not, <laughs> and it's not the fifth episode; it's not mine. Will the will the pod continue in 2022? And here's sort of a trivia thing for folks that follow the pod. I know John that you like music, and we'll talk about the kind of music you like. But I know you incorporated it into one of your outros of one of your uh, pods and i was totally stoked to hear it so are you going to include music in the future are we going to continue with this pod what are your thoughts about all that well i, I i've experimented here and there i mean um yeah typically uh, i mean there, and there might actually be up to three or four episodes that have a little okay le- electronic music you know it tends to be i mean the songs you know yeah they they share some a common uh genre which i guess would be 80s ish electronic stuff but they also have the songs themselves have sort of telecom themes like i think the craftwork song was antenna yeah. mm-hmm. and 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 uh and then i have an i think it was an omd song called radio waves and so I, i'm not but yeah that, that, that's fun I, I might keep playing around with that stuff but um but as for um my favorite episodes i mean um i'm not going to comment on the broadcast because I, <laughs> I, I but uh i I don't have a favorite, but it's the ones maybe that I've learned the most from are from subjects I'm softer on, like um, like construction safety stuff, or even some of the fiber ones that I've done, um, which is of interest to me more now than ever because Butler has got more of a wireline history in a lot of ways, and I'm doing more work in the right of way now than I ever had, or my teams are and stuff. So um, the ones where I yeah, the ones that I'm kind of outside of my comfort zone, maybe are the more, more, more interesting ones to me. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we're, we every, have, have every intention of continuing it next year. Um, I need some, I need some ideas from folks, but uh, it's great fun. I like doing it. Well, I mean, so, and you do a great job of it, John. I, I listen to them all. I get, you know, the notice on my Spotify to listen to them. I listen to them in the gym and I, it puts a smile on my face. And especially when I know the, uh, the person that's, that's, you know, on the other side of the microphone, you. So maybe this is a good segue, you know, as we look to 2022, I, I, you know, it's something I think about a lot. I think you think about it a lot as well. We talk about it at board meetings. You know, what is the opportunity for this industry we love, you know, and how can we support it as Kawa board members and officers to help realize, you know, whatever vision that is. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, my experience with you is someone who likes to take risks. You wouldn't have started mm-hmm. core if you were risk adverse. So, um, and I'll just throw that out there. So in my opinion, you, we could change things in small ways. And, and one subtle way I thought of was people perceive telecom um, as something cold in industry. We even call ourselves a telecom industry. And of course, you know, there's service providers like T-Mobile, AT&T, Verizon, and I think has, is a little softer. So I'm kind of on this mission to use the word provider in place of industry wherever I can. So that's a small, my small contribution to changing that, that, that place where people think, you know, is, is a bad thing. So for you, John, you know, again, what do you think is an opportunity for us in this industry we love um, to support? Sure. I mean, 
one thing that was kind of exposed, well, during COVID, not only COVID, but just with all this work going on, I mean, every one of our clients, you know, is on fire. You know, it's, it's the 5G wave right now and, and all that stuff. And I think the combination of COVID and this this sort of this this wave has exposed this lack of labor issue. And so one issue that I think was, it might have been the second episode when I interviewed Todd Schleckaway of Nate talking about the, um, you know, how the, how the industry or whatever can partner with uh, maybe community colleges and vocational schools and stuff. That's something that that's rattled in my brain ever since I've had that conversation with Todd. And I, I, I have to admit, you know, I got a full-time job and all this other stuff and I haven't put a ton of thought into it, but it, it, because now construction divisions are under me and the lack of, you know, quality resumes and resources, I'm thinking, you know, we have to, as a, as a wireless community industry have to figure out a way to, to build up the, the, mm-hmm. the bench or the, or the, you know, partner with vocational schools and sort of get people on a track towards being professionals or and laborers in our business. Because all of us, as we've done all these wireless origin stories, it's like none of us go went to college or whatever, got out of high school and said, I want to work in the wireless industry. It was always through some kind of odd sort of entryway, generally speaking. So wh- why are we lacking a an educational tract in the public school system towards our industry? I think that's something that Kawa could focus on more. And, you know, maybe maybe my company should, too, because, I mean, we are struggling to find quality people. Um, uh, beyond that, you know, uh, one of the things that I think I – I talked to you about maybe a week ago when we were chatting on the phone about some other stuff is, you know, I like what you're saying about with regard to the image of the industry. And so what I'd like to see more of is, and I know there's been a lot of headway on this in recent years, but this whole issue of the cities, the jurisdictions and the industry almost being adversarial. Mm -hmm. I've always kind of taken the approach and I think it's made me successful. I wasn't the greatest planner or greatest zoning manager from a technical standpoint from a my my zoning application was perfect and my zd review is great it was mostly about my relationships with city planners and and gaining credibility with them and trust and so you know i think the industry has to take more strides in partnering with like the league of cities and the american planning association and kind of break down some of those walls, and, and I knew, I, and I do give a lot of credit to people like yourself and Scott Longhurst and others who have made great strides in that. But there's still an us and them thing that kind of lingers, and we need to change that image that we're all rowing in the same direction because we're providing essential services for communities. And in, every year, it's exposed even more. And I think COVID exposed it even like on, on, on supercharged that exposure that we we need to be seen as as rowing in the same direction with the cities and, and then with us. Mm-hmm. Well, I would even supplant that word essential with critical. Uh, I mean, right. so that's how important it is. And there's two things that you touched upon that I want to just briefly comment on. And, you know, so Kramer, Jonathan Kramer was, was a guest on, on the pod. And that was I'll just share my favorite because I, I, it was so good. It was a two-parter and I was hanging on every word. And John, Jonathan talked about that, you know, that we're not adversary. Let's, you know, let's work together. So I, I hear that and I agree with that. And then the other piece about, you know, who those 
next John Cusas of the world that are going to be, you know, uh, on these podcasts, you know, 10, 20 years from now. I think too, John, yeah, there's the curriculum, there's the schools that we could look to, but I also think we have members, current members that are, you know, that are here. And, and I'm going to give a shout out to Lou Cox. You know, Lou is someone I met. Uh, he works at, at MD7. Uh, I, I've, you know, I look to him as, as, as someone who is up and coming. Um, so where we could mentor, you know, folks, you know, within our own ranks right now, John, uh, to find that next John Coos, you know, to find that next, you know, other people we talked about, you know, and, and I think Lou, uh, and I call him Lou Welling because he, he's going to laugh because I, that's his full name, just like I'm going by Rodrigo, I call him Lou Welling. So anyway, there's other people within our ranks that, that we can definitely prop up that, are, that have some great ideas and are doing great things. Okay, so we're coming to the end of the chat. Um, couple things. Uh, I want to you know, just make sure that we, we cover this. I want to, of course, ask what the future holds for you, John, you know, what's next for you. Um, and then we're going to talk about, you know, what what's next for Kawa actually coming up uh, in the next month. So uh, let's start with you. What's what's up for John? What are you what are you doing? What's your future look like? I know it's bright. No, I don't know. Well, you know, I try to take things day by day, but um, I still I still, you know, in my to make me kind of a, whole, a more whole person, I've still involved in public service. I'll always kind of have that. I've I've been in Rotary, but you know, after Anaheim Planning Commission, I was on the Brea Planning Commission, and now I'm the Orange County Parks Commissioner. I don't plan on ever running again, frankly. Um, it's it just seems like total brain damage to me, and I have a lot of friends who've been through the ringer as elected. So I like just being involved, but not that involved but I, I could see that in my future no matter what if, if if some elected official thinks i'm worthy of serving on a commission that he or she has an appointment power over i you know i i have a hard time saying no um but professionally i mean this whole purchase thing has been great in so many ways because um at butler like i mentioned they they have more wireline history services and I'm, i've been exposed to more aspects of the telecom business generally, you know, with fiber and, and even going so far as installation and repair of like, you know, uh, you know, at, at people's homes, even of like, you know, uh, you know, basically modems and all that stuff. And, and so it's a whole another side of the business. And also, you know, I feel like I, because of the, uh, the sophistication of the ownership group that purchased core, that I've learned a lot more about how to be a better businessman as opposed to a wireless guy who was, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of fell into business. And so the, I, I look forward to growing in that space further. And uh, so, you know, I can't see that. I don't look that far out in the future. Mm -hmm. I just try to focus on the now, but I'm enjoying the now. Yeah. Well, yeah, I could tell, John, just some people can't see you on the other end of the of the video. I can. I could tell that you're comfortable at where you're at and where you've been. And the other thing I would add, John, is, you know, whether you know it or not, you know, you're a mentor, right? And part of the, the podcast is educating folks, right? Giving them, you know, exposing them to different things. And now we have the opportunity to be exposed to you, John. So I, I appreciate, you know, your time uh, today, letting me, you know, me host and, and having you as the guest. Um, but before I, I'm going to let you take us home, but before we do that, uh, I just want to remind everybody uh, next month, uh, December 7th at the Bayside Restaurant in Newport Beach from 530 to 830, John and myself will be there along with the rest of the Cowboy board uh, celebrating uh, the year, right? It's been a while since everybody, everyone's been able to get out and, and have some fun. And I know uh, we've got our, our holiday party scheduled for that date, the 7th at the Bayside, and uh, I look forward to seeing everybody there. So put that on your calendar. 
I'm going to sign off as the one-time host and saying thank you for the time. But John, just like you started us, why don't you take us home? All right. Well, thanks, Rod. I appreciate that. Um, it's been really fun. And like you said, or we talked about earlier, the we're going on a bit of a holiday break. We'll be back in January. And, you know, as you referenced, uh, I'm, I'm going to implement it right now. I'm going to I'm going to take us out with OMD's Telegraph. <laughs> right on, John. Cool. All right. All right. Talk to you later, man. You See you soon. joining us. We'll see you back here in two weeks. Until then, for more information, visit calwa.org. That's www.calwa.org.